Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. My name is Eric Skorzynski. I'm your host on today's show. And today we're talking all about struggle. That's right. The struggle is real. And today we have three incredible guests talking about how you can make the most of your struggle, conquer struggle, and overcome struggle. The struggle is real. These three guests are going to get you through it. First up is Jessica Zimmerman, who built a seven-figure business, all while caring for her ailing husband. She teaches students and followers how to set healthy business boundaries, invest in themselves, and create businesses and lives they love. Her work has been featured in People, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, and Forbes. Next up is somebody that really inspires me personally. That's Levi Lusco. He is the pastor and pioneer of Fresh Life Church, which has now grown to multiple locations, including Montana, Utah, Oregon, and Wyoming. He's a world-class communicator and leader, and through online streaming, the ministry reaches around the world. He's also the author of the best-selling books, Through the Eyes of a Lion, Swipe Right, and most recently, I Declare War. 
And last but not least is Akshay Nanavati. After overcoming drug addiction, PTSD from fighting in Iraq with the Marines, depression and alcoholism that drove him to the brink of suicide, Akshay Nanavati has since built a global business, run ultra marathons, spent seven days in darkness, and explored mountains, caves, and polar ice caps. Combining his experiences with years of research, he wrote the book, Fearvana. You guys are not ready for all the awesome in store on today's episode. The struggle is real, but you can make it through it. And I hope these guests give you some insights that'll help you throughout your week. All right, guys, let's get into the show. It was 2011 when I bought the business. Okay. And those first four years, I did, honestly, Travis, I did what I really believed was right. I don't think anyone goes into owning their own business with the with the intention of working themselves to death or or you know killing themselves or anything. I think I genuinely thought and believed what I was told, which was things like, yeah, you just don't bring home a paycheck for five years. Um, if you can survive five years, then you'll and you don't you know like fold, yeah. then your business will survive. You know, you gotta business owners work half days. You got to choose which 12 hours of the day and and do that. I just believed all those things. And I thought everything that I was doing was really for the benefit of the business. You know, I decided to buy a building versus rent. Well, that's great. It was also $1,500 a month more. Mm. Plus, you know, you've got taxes and you've got all this stuff on top of it, property taxes. And, um, you know, even just things like it, the website needed to be desperately updated. Well, that mm-hmm. also cost thousands of dollars. You know, I mean, just, I thought I was doing right, but I had no spending plan. I didn't have the right employees. I just wasn't set up for success. I mean, sure. this business would bring in 30 grand a month, but it would spend 29.5. And then the yeah. next month it would spend 31. And and so I just, would, there was never anything to show for it. Yeah, which a lot of times is worse than not doing anything mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're just mm-hmm. spinning your wheels and not getting any results. Right. So Absolutely. Um, what was the catalyst to turn things around in that business? So I had my daughter in August of 2013 and about when she was about eight months old, I came home. It was, you know, probably eight o'clock at night and my mom was home with her and I reached out for her and she didn't want me. And of course she didn't want me. I was never home. And the Hmm. whole reason why I went into business for myself was to be able to have this freedom to spend my time the way that I wanted to. That was really the moment where I was like, okay, this is not why you went into this. So Hmm. you, you got to figure it out. I knew that I was a smart person. I've never, honestly, Travis, I've never met anyone more driven than I am. I mean, I have a drive like a dog with a bone. If I want something, I'll do it. I I ran a half marathon a couple of years ago with no training. Yeah. I hadn't run more than like two miles. And I think I did that once. And I ran a half marathon just out of sheer determination. And so I knew I could do it, but I had to buy myself some time. So I figured out, okay, my expenses, you know, to keep the business running is about 15 grand a month. If I can buy myself four months, you know, of time, I knew, I figured out I needed about a hundred grand to keep the business afloat while also getting as much education as I could. Hmm. And so I went so, that, to the so that was step one then. Step one yes. was education. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Because I just knew I, I thought this can't be that hard. Yeah, right. Like it's not that you were incapable or not intelligent enough or unable to figure it out. It was just that you didn't have the right knowledge in front of you, obviously, or else you would have implemented it before. When you know better, you do better. And I just didn't know better. I was doing the best that I knew how to do, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just 
knew that there were better ways. Yeah. And so I went to the bank and I, my numbers were, you know, abysmal, but I asked for a hundred thousand dollar loan. And I remember, oh gosh, like it was yesterday, the loan officer who I still use today. He just looked at me. He looked at my numbers. He looked at me. He looked at my numbers and he said, I don't know why, but I believe you when you say you're going to turn this around, like there's no reason why I should give you this loan. And I was like, I oh, don't know. Um, but I, I guess I just was good at selling it, I guess. But he yeah. gave me that loan. And so when he did that, I said, I remember I stood up and I shook his hand. And I said, when I make it and I continue to invest, I will only use you. And I have only used him. I mean, I'm loyal to the core. Um, awesome. So I got that loan and I just, did all the education I could. I went to workshops. I hired mentors and consultants. I remember just sitting with my CPA, learning how to, you know, learning what a budget was, a spending plan, um, learning how to properly, you know, price things. Yeah. You know, I mean, man, what I was pricing, because uh, I was doing floral design and fresh flowers. I mean, you've got to really, you need to be at 40% cost, you know, or less. Mm-hmm. And I was at like 70 Wow. And so just things like that, I just didn't know because I, I, you know, I was in the, that's Instagram had started and it was like, well, my name's on it and it needs to be pretty. And it's like, no, that really doesn't matter. This is about, <laughs> you know what I mean? I needed someone really logical to come in and say, no, 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 this yeah. is what you need. I read books because I had time. I'd bought myself some time. So I read books about successful people and, hmm. and um, just, just kind of anything I could get my hands on. And I turned it around pretty quickly. I mean, nothing was rocket science. It was actually really simple stuff. Let me give you one example of um, even, uh, so in the state of Arkansas, when you, when you have a wedding, let's say the wedding isn't until November, but you start working with that couple in January and they pay you every month, January, February, March, April, they'll, they'll pay you, you know, let's just say a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. The taxes for that wedding aren't taken out until after the wedding is finished. So interesting. they're not going to be taken out until December. I didn't know this. So all that money that they paid me January through November, I'd spent it. You know what I mean? And yeah, so then right. December comes around and they ask for that tax money. And I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> right. you know, so just even the simplest of things of, of getting a reserve account, like right. having your having your main account and your reserve account to where every time that tax money comes in, you just put it to the side because it's yep. not yours. You don't need to see it. It's not mine. Simplest, yep, exactly. The simplest I can't, I can't of things. Spend, can't spend Uncle Sam's money. He doesn't like it. Exactly. It was just, it really, everything was actually really simple. It was what I like to call the foundation of business. It was yeah. just building the foundation. Once you have a good foundation, you can grow that thing as tall as you want to grow it. So talk to me then about along this path, along this timeline here, where did your husband start having some health issues that made you really like get, get introspective and start and start owning those parts of your business? So a year, uh, about 15 months after my daughter was born, okay. I find out I'm pregnant with twins. Now, let me just say that there was no fertility drugs involved. Twins do not run in our family. I was shocked. <laughs> I was not happy. I was scared out of my mind. I knew how hard one baby was. I could not imagine two. In addition to the one that you already had. In addition to the one I already had. (laughs) I I, I mean, she she was 15 months old. You know, know, they are, she she was not even two years old when they were born. Um, People like to ask me, they're like, well, she's so much help. You know, when the boys were born, I was like, she wasn't even two. Like, no. Right. She just learned how to walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, like, she couldn't crazy. do much. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had them. My husband 
was a financial advisor. He worked off of commission and he was fully supporting us. I was still at a point where I was putting, you know, all the money kind of back into the business. Mm -hmm. And so I believe what happened is he, you know, kind of was internalizing that stress of like, Mm -hmm. oh crap, we've now doubled in size, this family. And Jess isn't bringing home money. And now we've got, I mean, it was just the expenses of three kids all of a sudden is a little crazy. And he got really ill. And I basically knew that, I mean, he was in and out of the hospital just constantly. And I thought, there's no way he's going to keep his job. There's no way. I mean, as a business person, it's nothing personal. It's just, if you can't do your job, they can't pay you, you know? And so it wasn't a matter of, of if, it was just when. And that was really my first kind of reality of, okay, this isn't like fun and games anymore. This isn't you, you know, proving to yourself that you can have a business. Because honestly, Travis, all I really cared about at that point was that I had my own business that I could say was my own business Mm -hmm. and that maybe I could make an extra 25 grand or something where we could go on a couple nice vacations. Yeah, You know, like it wasn't, I didn't need to make the, you know, the mortgage money. Sure. But now all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, like he's going to lose his job and this is actually now up to me. That's when I really, you know, basically out of fear, Fear of losing him, fear of, you know, not having enough money, fear of him getting sicker, you know, all that. I kind of just went crazy in growing that business. And I did it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's that's what you mentioned the book, Sleeping with a Stranger. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was a several year period of just really documenting what was going on in my life personally. while growing, you know, this seven-figure empire. And I think, you know, there's a lot out there that's saying, if you just do this and this, you can make six figures and you can travel the world and you can da-da-da-da-da. But it's like, okay, but what's really going on? Right. You know? And so this, for me, is just a really honest and raw account of what was really going on. And what I really like about that is you don't ever give in to the excuses that you could have given into. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own 
preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. There, at any point along this story, you could have easily just pulled out the victim card and set it yeah. on the table. And probably the majority of people would have been like, yep, we get it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're excused. You know what I mean? You don't have to keep trying to do this thing. You don't have to keep trying to make this business work. You don't have to keep trying to do all the things that you're doing, you know, just downsize and weather the storm and life's just, you know, giving you lemons. And you know, when life gives you lemons, you just quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, and, right, right. and that's the mentality that a lot of people adopt. But what I really like about your story is that even during all of that time, you didn't look at it as like, you didn't look at the current state of affairs and go, wow, I need to support my family. Guess I better give up this whole business thing and go get a job. You looked at it as like, I guess I better figure out this business thing so I can provide in epic proportions for my family, not just scrape by while my husband is in in and out of the hospital. And I just want to commend you for not not allowing the excuse narrative to take over and depict where your life was headed. And I think that that's a common denominator for any successful person is the ability to take radical responsibility for the things that happen in your life. Understanding that fault and responsibility are not the same thing. It wasn't necessarily your fault that those things happened. It definitely wasn't your fault that you got in a car accident when you were a kid and and your sister passed away. Those things aren't your fault, right? right? But it is a responsibility that you have to take and say, okay, now that I'm accounting for these things, where do I go from here? And how do I handle the the challenges that life has put in front of me, and uh, the, the the ability that you had to really like to shine through those moments instead of contract, uh, I think is is extremely commendable. So good for you on that. When do you think it is time to throw in the towel on certain mm. things, right? Because 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 uh, you know That's persistence good. and things they're definitely rewarded. And I'm a very big yeah. fan, obviously, with the, with you know my door to door sales background. Like persistence yeah. is a big part of my DNA. But at the same time, yeah. sometimes you know you're just doing the wrong thing and you shouldn't be doing it anymore. How, totally. how do you know when? How do you know when you are making the right decision to throw in the towel versus? I should just remain in this and stay persistent. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I think a big, big part of it is constantly getting the feedback, the external and the internal feedback, analyzing that feedback. So it's not just because a big part of it, sometimes what happens is we're running around like a chicken with his head cut off, just, you know, blindly inactivity versus purposeful action and exercising the feedback based on constantly getting the awareness, the intel on the situation. So I'll give you a very concrete example. I was mountaineering in Nepal. Uh, This was the second time I had been in the Himalayas. First time we made it to the summit, climbed to about just under 21,000 feet. Second time, we were on the mountain and the snow was way deeper than we expected. So, I mean, we were struggling, battling the snow. It started getting late afternoon and we could see avalanche cracks in the snow. And we were like 100 feet, maybe 150, 200 feet from the summit. You could see the summit right there. Hmm. Now, late afternoon, you do not want to be uh, towards the summit, not to mention we're seeing avalanche cracks, right? So, now this is a fine line. Obviously, you want to go to the summit, right? But right. what do you do? So, th- and here's the thing. I could have made it to the summit and come back alive and, um, you know, great. I made it to the summit. Awesome. 
But at this, but you could have you could have kept fighting, and then the avalanche could have happened. But you never know, right? The hindsight's right. twenty twenty. So right. we made the call to to quit, I guess, to retreat, if you want to call it that. And I have zero regrets about it. Zero regrets that we did not make the summit. So we gather the intel from the environment based on knowledge on like, you know, what, like, I mean, the fact that I was able to read the avalanche cracks, right? Because I knew a little bit about that. I had studied it. So gathering the intel, getting the feedback, internal and external, starting from people who are more advanced than you along the path. So having mentors, having coaches is invaluable on the journey, getting a sense of that. And then, you know, it's again, it's a fine line. It's like, uh, I mean, this is, you see this on, again, I mean, back to the mountaineering analogy, you see this on Everest all the time. It's like, you know, that summit is right there. Do I keep going? And if you do and you make it back, you're a hero. But if you do and then, you, you know, the other, other on the flip right. side, you, you don't get make it back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I just say gathering that feedback and a relentless practice of self-awareness. So when you're taking action, come back and reflect on that action. It's not mm-hmm. just like blind, purposeful action, right? Action, awareness, action, awareness, looking to reflect. And then you got to make a call. It's, there's no sort of right answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a individual path. Yeah, sure. And I think, I think one big thing too, one big caveat is that you have to be okay with the result, whatever the decision that you mm-hmm. make. I think a lot of people Absolutely. get too much in their head afterwards and start this spiraling, yeah, you know, good point. state of regret, you know, like you could be, you, you could have a totally different attitude about what you just said. You could be like, Hey, I like, man, I regret it so much. I wish we would have just gone to the peak. I wish we would have just gotten yeah. the extra 200 beat. I wish we wouldn't have retreated when we did. I wish, you know, like you can, you can beat yourself up for the decision yeah. you made, but in reality, you just have to look at it and know that like, Hey, I made the best decision with the information that it, I had. Exactly. Time. And I, if put in the same position again, I would probably make the same decision yeah. again. And sometimes you just have to be okay with it and be okay with sometimes maybe it was a wrong decision, you know? And I'm not saying that your, in your case, it, it was, I would have done the same thing that you did, but I'm saying, yeah. that like, no, I feel you in general. Like you have to be okay with the fact that hey, sometimes I'm going to make the wrong decision, but uh, that's all part of the journey. If I could make the right decision every time, that would be great, but it's just, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. that of yourself is only going to make you disappointed in yourself more often and not happy. Absolutely, man. Great point. And then just take the lessons and move on, right? Like, I mean, it's that mountain is not the first time I've failed at something, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, and it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't waiting for big opportunity. I wasn't waiting for glamorous you know, assignments. If yeah. they said, hey, we, we need you to go to this retirement home and give a Bible study to 17, you know, people who are not even coherent to pay attention. I was like, cool, I'm going to work my butt off and study and put the best message I can together. And if I was preaching to 120 junior hires, man, I, I studied just like I do today to preach to, you know, 30,000 people. It's, it's like, it's not like I was waiting for some big spotlight to start getting after it. And I think that's really something and in every business people miss is like, if you're waiting until like you're at the Super Bowl mm. to, you know, to actually throw a, a real good pass, you yep. know, that's never going to happen because it's got to start in the small, got to start in the secret. It's got hustle and grind and spirit it has to get developed in those, in those small places. Yeah. Right. Man, could not agree with that more, especially from, especially from the standpoint of anybody that's trying to create content, which I know a lot of listeners of of this show are in that boat. Anybody that's trying to spread a message to large amount of people, you got to be willing to put in the work when nobody's listening, when nobody's paying attention to do what Levi just talked about and and to you know speak to the group of seven people as if it's a group of 30,000 people and put that much work, put that much time and energy and effort into making that message that good as well. Because if you don't take those opportunities seriously, then you'll never earn the ability to have the other opportunities presented to you. 
which is exactly the reason to give it your best from the very beginning um, and, and to put in the reps. And and honestly, I think it's a, a time of life that you should be thankful for if you can figure out how to reframe your mind to be more like, you know, like that's going to be awesome one day when it is 30,000 people. But I'm super thankful for these opportunities right now. And I'm sure that's how you looked at it too, Levi. But I think that it's it's a time to be thankful for and grateful for because you're lucky that you don't have 30,000 people listening to you because you're probably not that good when you start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, you, no, you got to no, get no some chops. About that. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, like, need, you need those reps. And you know, right. you, I, I read about how Kobe practiced and it's like, there was no one working harder than him. There was no one grinding more than him. There was right. no one who it was in the gym earlier, out later, you know, and it's that work ethic and that's the success. It's what you, it's what's that classic Michael Jordan quote. It's, it's what's done in empty gyms that fills up, you know, stadiums one day. Mm, and I yeah. think that the Bible puts it this way. Don't despise the days of small things. And not mm. only are you missing the chance to develop your, you know, your gift, but you're also missing the chance to develop your character. Yeah. And I think that's really important because there's pressure that comes with success. You know, show me, show me someone who's been handed massive amounts of money, influence, fame. You know, it, it's easy to become the anecdotal tale of the guy with wax wings who flew too close to the sun. Mm. And I think for me, like I think fondly back to that, those days as a youth pastor, as an intern pastor, you know, I barely, barely made enough money to make ends meet, lived in a studio apartment, slept on a twin mattress in the ground, barely turned the heat on in the winter because I didn't want the heating bill to get big. But it's some of the best memories, you know, preaching my guts out literally used to throw it before I spoke every single time, mm. every night before I would be nervous, sweating, but it's, it was just, it was a sense of call. It was doing what God put me on this earth to do. And, you know, if you just are handed everything one day, it'll destroy you. If you don't have the weight of character and integrity you've built up over time to support that kind of intensity. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree with you. So let's, let's move into that next stage then for you. So you were, you were doing this internship, which I, by the way, this is a total aside and probably doesn't apply to a lot of people listening, but I totally agree with the path that you ended up going down and that, you know, that the pastor of that church that brought you in, I think he was very wise for advising you in that way. I went to four years of Bible college. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, I feel like this would have been way better if I just would have like worked for a guy and learned from him. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, why, why don't I have to go to like structured classes to learn how to minister? You know what I mean? Like that should just be part of, part of what you do. But I, I just want yeah, to throw I mean, that you out see there. see how Jesus kind of taught the disciples and it was kind of a mentorship, you know, right. just more like, like an apprentice. Hey, yeah. Follow me. And I think there's a lot of trades that kind of learn that way. You learn, but to, yep. you don't learn to weld in a class, you know, you right. learn to weld by being with a welder. And, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's anti-education and I like, some people, maybe it's the best way to learn. My particular style is I'm very much a self-learner. So like, I'm going to give me the book. I'll read it. Give me the class. I'll watch it. Like I've, right. I've probably put in more hours reading, you know, and studying theology and Greek, et cetera, and taking even the initiative to purchase some online classes and master classes and that sort of thing now. But, you know, I don't need a degree on the wall to tell me that, that God's called me. Jesus didn't have one, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and the difference is when you're doing studying that way, you're studying stuff that fires you up, which increases your likelihood that you'll actually implement the stuff that you're learning and um, helps you to like be really good at the thing that you're super interested in learning about, you know, instead of like being forced to take all these classes just to be able to get a certificate 
that allows you to go minister to people or whatever, True. you know, fill, fill in the blank of whatever it is that you decided to do with, with your life, you know, minus the essential school things like, you know, medical and, and law degrees and things like that. Yeah. But, you don't want to, you don't want a surgeon who uh, just decided to go <laughs> yeah, out on a wing and a yeah, prayer. But, yeah. Some yeah. self-study courses. Yeah. And yeah, just sure, go ahead and open up my but, chest. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure even on that stuff too, you know, what, just what you get strictly in class, there's a reason they have to do residencies and they have right. to actually, you know what I mean? That it gets totally. married to, you know, boots in the ground stuff. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.